Sometimes you're flush and sometimes you're bust. And when you're up, it's never as good as it seems. And when you're down, you never think you're going to be up again. But life goes on. Remember that. Money isn't real, George. It doesn't matter. It only seems like it does. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Staying in Trouble with Eric Humes and Adam Short. We're located here at the Rooftop Reality Studios, where everything's clean and COVID-friendly. <laughs> hey, dude, I came in. You didn't have your mask on. I was sporting my face panties. I was like 50 feet away. That's why. I was, there, I was here it? by myself. I got them right here, man. I'm ready. Um, I so we have things. in studio today, Evan Lindemann. I'll let you introduce yourself. Thanks, Eric. Uh, I met Eric, oh man, five years ago. He five felt like 10. It's been a while, yeah, I know. Sold me a house, my first house here in uh, Henderson, and been there ever since. I'm a pilot for a major airline, and um, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Great. Awesome, man. Yeah. You're not a pickleball player, also. No, unfortunately, no. Wasn't introduced that until I moved to the West Coast, actually. I had no clue what that was. Really? Seriously. No joke. Well, our county commissioner just cut the ribbon and did the ceremony first shovel dig at Sunset Park of a, the largest West Coast pickleball tournament complex. Oh, man. With the most handicapped parking and wheelchair accessible courts. Uh, so was, uh, <laughs> for those that don't remember the last po- uh who haven't heard, I did go on a cruise last year. And if you're wondering if I walloped at the pickleball courts, Absolutely. Good. If you're wondering if I took it easy on them, absolutely not. That's good. If you're wondering if I was spiking the ball left and right. Commissioner Jim Gibson did. Both open, of them are true statements. Yeah. Opened it. Oh, well, just. <laughs> anyways. So that is pretty exciting that, that yeah. they're going to be putting that in at Sunset Park. Yeah. So if any of our listeners are looking for where uh, I play, we've got a Facebook page called Derby Street Pickleball Club. Feel free to check us out on uh, Derby Street Pickleball Club as well. <laughs> but this episode is not about pickleball. <laughs> no, but it is about things in the air. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There Very we good. Go. There yeah. we go. Balls in the air. So, so Evan, uh, tell us a little bit, well, once again, like, what, what do you do for a living? So I like to describe myself as an aeronautical personnel mover. That's my that's my title. Man, that that's but, official. Isn't that official? Yeah, I like no, that. when people ask me what, are, what what do you do? Oh, you're a pilot and then you just get into this like, "Oh, do you do this and this?" you know. So, I just mm-hmm. like to mess around with my title so much. But uh, I am I'm a professional pilot for a major airline. Um been flying for professionally for 8 years now or so. Yeah. And uh I so love it. living the dream job. I think pilots only work like four or five days a month yeah right they get paid for the whole month (laughs) no to cool places all the time this is basically like getting paid to vacation yeah fargo and all those tropical locations yeah yeah, Yeah. yeah. so how did you get into it my father yeah he's a yep he's a pilot uh, as well he's been a pilot he was hired six months after i was born so it's kind of all i've ever known you know so yeah so right after high school you kind of went into it did you go in the air force how did you get your training no good question so before like right at the end of high school uh, senior year um my father and i i I always knew i wanted to be a pilot so he he made up a deal for for me and said i'll pay for your first license which is called your private pilot's license and when i when he did that 
I, I went and I got that done, and I got it uh, done a day before I left for my mission for my church, mm-hmm. and then I served two years and came back. And then, so I started there and then came back and then kept going uh, on that private, kind of the private route. So I never went military. At the time, I, um, from what I understood from friends in the military, the commitment was around 12 years to get a pilot slot. And to do that, to, be, to fly in at least the Air Force, mm-hmm. uh, you have to have a degree in mm-hmm. college so yeah. you have to be an officer. So uh, at that time, I didn't have a degree coming back from a mission. So just looking at longevity and how long it was going to take me to actually get hours and built up and go to an airline, that wasn't something I wanted to do at the time. I would have loved to. My father was in the military as well. Mm-hmm. He was in the Air Force. But it's just the time commitment and your return on investment for what you're doing. Because our industry, as some people know, is based on seniority entirely. Yeah. So when you get hired, you're at the bottom of the room, and then you're just, you just start, start working your way up. So you want to get in as quickly as possible. And so... I, I chose to make that decision to not go that route. Yeah. So they, there's not a better route one or the other. It's just oh, kind no. of a personal type choice on, on what kind of time commitment you want to give. And, Absolutely. And it, what you if you're do. flying though in the military, you can expect, I mean, you won't, if you're doing full-time active duty with the commitment, at least then I'm sure it's changed by now, but, mm-hmm. but then, you know, you can expect in your early thirties, that's when you're going to be getting out though. Uh, on the contrary, if you do it on the private route, I mean, you can do it in less than a year where you get all your ratings and then maybe another year or two to get all your flight time that's required. By that point, I mean, you can be, I, I've flown with, with the guys and gals that are as young as 22 years old. Got it. Wow. So, yeah. So when you say private, you mean like, like the, like the tour little planes or, no, so, or are you talking about someone who is loaded and got their own plane and, <laughs> and you fly them to all their private resorts? That'd be great. No. <laughs> oh man. I know. Right. Once again, part-time vacation, part-time, part-time vacation. Job. That's it. Full-time no. job, part-time vacation. By private, I mean like a private flight school. So I, I, oh, I, I put it. them into two categories, military or private, basically. Okay. That's just what I call them. So a flight school, which there are universities, there's just private flight schools that, that, operate on their own business as their own business so yeah you know so i call these like knuckle dragging questions no oh, because please. i i don't know any better when i get on a plane i just hope that no one's sitting in between me and the, <laughs> and the window seat you know <laughs> you'd be both sometimes man you'd be both so, so apologize please of the, of the knuckle dragon i love this stuff this is what i like to talk about yeah right on so uh Something I was thinking about, you know, with all of this uh, COVID-19 things happening and things that are changing in the world, um, I have a, my, my oldest is a senior this year, and one of her major concerns, she's first bummed out of what, everything that's happening, her hard work and everything she put into it, and she keeps pulling in this, because I'm a 9-11 baby. That has nothing to do with it. Just leave it alone. Wow, but, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they, these are, that was a thing yet. Yeah, yeah. They, these are all the nine eleven babies. They were wow. all born yeah. the year of nine eleven, and then that's and, and then they're graduating this year. Yeah, this now year. they're graduating. this wow. year. Wow, so they're putting yeah. it all together. That like, is a curse. Wow. Yeah. So, so I just told her, just be prepared for a really sucky life. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Black cats everywhere. But, but one of her biggest concerns is the job market, yeah. uh, especially coming right off. Becoming a pilot or working in that industry as possibly a flight attendant or uh, air traffic controller or anything like that, what is the future of this uh, of your industry kind of looking like right now? Well, buckle in because you're going to be here for an hour. No, I mean, <laughs> honestly, so it's it's interesting. That's a fun question. Um, the airline industry since deregulation, I believe, in the 70s has been a cyclical industry, if you will, of ups and downs, hiring, no hiring, furloughs, no furloughs, stuff like that. And if you get to know the industry a little bit more from a pilot's perspective, especially, and 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 in greater thought, I guess as well, 
flight attendants, everyone related to the industry, it kind of goes that way. We have booms and busts and booms and busts. Mm -hmm. And as you can see with this COVID-19 thing, obviously with the, the flight schedules and passengers not coming to fly places nearly as much, uh, we're obviously in a bust, if you will, right mm -hmm. now. So if I could tell anyone that's listening that would actually care to become a pilot, don't let this scare you off, if I can get straight to the point, because this doesn't last forever. I don't care what the what the emergency is. As unprecedented as COVID-19 has been to our industry, well, there's always another time. There's always another tomorrow where we're going to want to fly somewhere. We, we, we as a people in this country, especially, have always wanted to go places. Vacation yeah. is like an American right now, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I just, I believe when we get this under control and we can become the new normal that we're going to see that uptick again. So those that are, back to the question, those that are worried about it, if you were starting today with zero flight hours, never touched an airplane, I still think you'd get a job by the time that you needed to, honestly, in my opinion, just that, you know, the, but having seen the past. And see, that's well, uh, it, and so right now in the economy, a lot of economists are saying that this is an abnormal rebound. They're seeing what's called a V rebound. Mm -hmm. And so Adam and I were talking beforehand. He's like, you know what? Like, you know, the Vegas mayor wants to be real aggressive with reopening the city. And he's like, oh, I can't believe it. If we open the city, people are going to come. And I'm like, Adam, the beaches, which are huge, don't have enough space on them. They open them up for one day and people are littered all over the place. Yeah. It's like two foot, one foot away. Mm -hmm. They're like, my towel goes here, your towel goes there. All right, so be it. You know, they're seeing a lot more data come out that, you know, UV light, heat kills the virus, um, you know, kills the droplets. And we happen to live in a city where 100 to 110 is the new normal. Yeah. So, so if we could put the tables and the machines outside, that's right, in the parking that's lots, right? right? <laughs> oh man, baking! <laughs> now you just pumped it up to like two ten. We're like, hey, we don't know for sure. We know for sure yeah. there's nothing here. That's it. Yeah, because on it. this pavement, it's like three twenty. So <laughs> right, just roll dice on the sidewalk, man. Forget it. So, yeah, no, but I, I think that's a great question, and I think it, for me, it actually adds a lot of hope. Because that's a long perspective is, you know, with any, you know, with any economy, everyone asks me all the time about real estate. And I said, well, what about your job or what about your neighbor's job? And we're out there, we're actually collecting, we're doing um, some empirical data because a lot of times in statistics, you can't, if you're just going off of someone else's data, then you're trusting, you're, you're assuming that that data is pretty pure. And most times it's not. And, and there, you have to understand the context, the questions are asked, why were they, why are they asked, who asked them? And so, you know, going back to like, uh, pilots, do, do you guys do most of the old time pilots since they've been through that cyclical boom and bust, they're probably unaffected. They kind of like, oh, this is another boom and bust cycle. To a degree, yes, and also to the further degree that they're actually senior in the company. So from furloughing and getting rid of jobs perspective, it would start from the bottom up in seniority. So they're both seen, have seen it and been there and done that right. and also feel, I think, an extra sense of, of uh, you know, I don't know what the word is. They, security. They, security, thank you. Yeah. yeah, they feel secure in their job. Uh, however, I mean, I, 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 I would be a remiss if I didn't. I mean, there have already been airlines that have shut down because of this. Now, full disclosure, those airlines were already kind of on their way 
to that point financially and other aspects. This just was the, well, I think the, nail, in the, the nail in the coffin. And I think that's way underreported. Like, you know, it's become a lot, a lot, I think, and this is my own opinion. I'm not a professional in, in any of those industries, but, you know, someone was saying, well, you know, look at, you know, COVID killed Palms, the Palms Casino. And then if you start listening to actually the, the data behind it, they made a lot of bad business decisions way before they went up for sale last week is that, hey, you know what? A lot of bad decisions led to, so we were scootering down the strip, my wife and I, and we don't, we rarely go down there. And there's an old, like, it's this, you know, it, it was going to be another uh, Ferris wheel. Yeah, the two toothpicks sticking up out of the ground. Yeah. yeah. And I was just telling her about the, a little bit of the story of the background on that. And I'm like, see, it doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be, like people invested millions of dollars in that project and it's going up for auction on may 19th and so it's like hey just so you don't understand you make some bad business decisions it can go south COVID is just making it a little bit more centralized making it more uh it's just hey you know what you've been on life support for so much now COVID comes you're done yeah, yeah. So it's like the guy who uh, was attacked by a shark and was killed by COVID 19. yeah, yeah. right yeah <laughs> Yeah, same thing. So true. Yeah, so um, what is the lifespan of a pilot? So, well, that's a funny question. We have a guaranteed retirement date in this country from the FAA. It's 65 years old. So you have to retire at 65 if you're Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yep. So, yeah, the the FAA mandates it. And when you turn 65, you're turned into a pumpkin. And there, no more there, there are different. Into a yeah, there are different. <laughs> there are different uh, operations that you can fly past sixty-five, but not for under the rules of commercial airline operations. So yeah. Oh, interesting. So like the Sands, they have a great uh, operation here with their uh, private fleet, with those beautiful seven fours they have out there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not sure if they're under the same rules as us, but an operation such as that, you can fly past sixty-five. So. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now, is there other areas could could a pilot roll back into like air traffic control or a management position after that age or Oh yeah, I mean after something that something like that yeah. like within the company Absolutely. I'd- there's there's training positions like simulator training uh, pilots or not like they're not pilots but simulator training operators you go and you train other pilots because we have these oh, multi-million okay. dollar massive simulators oh, that yeah. are I that have are- a friend who's a FAA instructor for Allegiant and he's well over 65. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of guys okay. will do that. Um, it's a great gig, you know. Oh, you're, for sure. You know what you've you've been doing it forever. You know that because the simulators are identical to cockpits. They they look at they have every same exact same button. So they get to go in there and teach and make great income. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And sometimes sixty five. I mean that's that's still young. Well, it's funny you say that because it wasn't too long ago. I'd say, oh man, I I, I wish I would have looked at this up, but it, it, maybe around ten years ago it was sixty. And oh before, really? Yeah, for the longest time they increased it five more years because of of uh probably because of 9-11 and all the 2008 and all those compounding yeah, features sure. at this point but there's always and the rumor mill started again that they're going to go to 67 and all this other stuff but that's been in the rumors for years for and a years. long time yeah awesome yeah so uh flying locally or flying internationally what's your preference have you done both? Yeah, depends on the day. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it depends on what my trip is like. Honestly, sometimes I'll sit there and we'll do like a three or four or five hour flight, and I'm just like droning on because you know we're not up there playing 
games and iPads were monitoring equipment and yeah. talking to air traffic yeah. control. And stuff yeah, like yeah. That. Build this. Build some confidence. Yeah. Build, <laughs> build some value. Absolutely. And the rest of us in the back. So Our hands are always on the wheel, guys. When you're next to <laughs> when you're next to another uh, gentleman or lady for four or five hours for four days straight, you know. Yeah. Sometimes it can get dull. And so, you know, a lot of the action of being a pilot is the takeoff climb and then descent and landing portion. Cruise mm-hmm. is just no one hand flies a commercial airliner much at 37,000 feet. It's on autopilot. It'd be very difficult to do. Is it on autopilot even takeoff and landing? No, you cannot take a pair aircraft off. You can, there are certain aircraft that can land themselves, but what's the fun in that? And takeoffs are optional with landing or mandatory. Who wants to, who wants to live in a world where you just press a button? I, I don't. Oh so, no, for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's not for a sure. job. So no, but there's no aircraft at all that can take off by itself. So oh, yeah. Okay. You have to do it yourself. Yeah. I always thought that they, it was all computer. I mean, you can turn the autopilot on pretty low. You can turn it on at a couple hundred feet. Oh, really? So long as you have command. But remember, the autopilot is just a computer. You have it's it's command in, command out. So whatever you've put into that, it's going to do that. So you have to make sure that the commands are correct in the, in the computer that you've inputted. So, yeah. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I've I've been on a couple rides that I can't even tell that we're landing. Yeah. And next thing you know, I look out the window and we're taxiing in. Nice. And, and, and it, it is smooth. And I've have felt some that I've I've said some pretty passionate <laughs> prayers. Well, I've <laughs> I've felt the same way with my own landing. So. Oh really? Oh, absolutely. You take pride in them when you get a greaser or a wheel roller. Would you just get it right on and the wheels barely roll and you're like, are we down? You know, I, you have to say I like it to yourself. The terminology. Yeah. The greasers, huh? Yeah. And then, and then <laughs> just smooth right then in. You get a, then you get a carrier landing and you just. You just yeah. hit it right there. It's all she wrote, you know? I've had a couple of those where you, you kind of have that little whiplash, you know, that's like, dude, did he hit a cable on this thing or what? Yeah. But or it, you but, hit the bumps and it's like a boom, boom. Yeah. 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 So. But those are fun. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, so a uh, couple months right, well, actually right before we uh, we went into this COVID shutdown thing, mm-hmm. I took the family on a cruise, which was probably like at the highlight of this. I mean, we barely got in and out and was able to enjoy the cruise. I would put that under your oldest, like, here's your graduation gift. You got something that no one else is going to get this year. Perfect. But but one of my favorite things is I had a few of my children, it was their first time flying. Okay. So, of course, they had to sit by the windows, and we made sure that they did. And, you know, that that takeoff, that very, very first one, looking at their faces and their the, you know, the thrill, the thrust back into your seat and all of that, it is so much fun to watch them to – to be amazed by that yeah. and the amazement of how high it really goes. Watching my kids during that whole flight was so much fun. Yeah, It, it, it was a blast. And, and everyone can think back on like their very first one, you know, that first flight. You have any good stories of like any kind of good, like, I, I don't know, I'm a hard landings, good landings. I'm a pilot. Dangerous. I mean, what, what do you, well, you know, this is all we do is just tell a story. You get two pilots in the room. It's just, it's a joke, you know? So yeah. Well, well maybe you should have brought a friend. Uh, it's, oh gosh, no, <laughs> you would, you need a lot longer, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've got good landings. I mean, I think of Orange County uh, down in Disney there. Uh, that's a short runway. Okay. A very short runway and it's, uh, it, you can't miss your mark. And I, I, I used to do actually Vegas to Orange County a lot back and forth for four mm-hmm. days straight. And, uh, I loved it. People were like, man, it's gotta be so boring. I'm like, I don't know. It's, I love it. It's a 40 minute flight or whatever. And then the runway is pretty short comparatively speaking to a runway like at McCarran that's 
14,000 feet long or you just have yeah. miles to go off of. So, so like an aircraft carrier, right? Yeah. You got to hit it hard. Yeah, well, no, that's the thing. You don't have to hit it hard if you do it right. And oh, so really? one of my most proud landings, yeah, but most of them are because they're short and you don't have time to mess around. So on a 14,000 foot runway, we have time to finesse it and all yeah, that. Yeah. You know, we don't have a lot of time, but you have to land within a touchdown zone. But a touchdown zone is very short on a smaller runway. So one landing I'll never forget is just there in Orange County bringing a bunch of kids and parents over to Disneyland and it just I greased it on. I was so proud. I'll never forget that one. But uh, I mean, there have been other landings that where you just it's just not your day you know the conditions oh, yeah. are difficult and you're fighting them and you just you know you did you hit hard but thankfully these planes are built you know the, especially the landing gear some of the strongest parts of the airplane so yeah so what's the hardest airport to land in oh man i mean <laughs> the hardest airport to land it's the one that's got the worst condition some days you know honestly i mean vegas can be a doozy oh yeah really yeah. oh, oh yeah I, they call I, chicago I, I the windy city that. i don't no, i'm sorry i ain't buying it. i've been to I chicago plenty that. of times they they did a good job planning this airport the way that the runways uh, are good they go but uh, because the winds change so yeah, fast. absolutely they change so fast and you got to take off in the wind yeah and land in the wind yep. right exactly yeah. so i know more he knows dude. more yeah, yeah. I, i'm picking those knuckles yeah, up that's it yeah, and I'm not, coming up, he, he flies a lot though he's got some frequent flyer miles there you go so. there you go so um one airport as a passenger kind of really freaked me out is when you fly into san francisco oh yeah because it's just like water oh it's yeah like water Water, water, land, water, yeah. water, water, like, like, yeah, boom. we're going to land on water. Yeah. And then boom, there's a runway. Oh yeah. There's one in, uh, uh, West Palm beach, I believe it is Florida. Same thing. Something like that. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. A couple of them like that around. Yeah. What about international airports? Any ones that are kind of. <sighs> no, there's a beautiful one in Victoria, British Columbia in Canada. It's like that water, but British, you know, Victoria's an island, mm-hmm. and so it's just gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. You're flying over there in the in, in middle of the day in the peninsula. It's just I don't know. Right behind it, there's some beautiful mountains. It's just I think about that one all the time. So let's talk about that. So uh, talk I, about Canada. Talk about Canada. <laughs> oh, dude. So I mean, I'll be back. Let's in circle minutes. back to economy and pilots. <laughs> so with international flights being canceled. How is that, you know, how is that going to affect both pilots as well as the economy? Like we, we kid about McCarran being a, a tough airport. You wouldn't know it like for a, for a layman, for I wouldn't say a knuckle dragger, but just a layman set of eyes. You know, I feel kind of, you know, graced by both your presence <laughs> is, you know, a lot of days before pre-COVID. Man, it looked like it was just a, a shuttle. McCarran looks easy to yeah. the to the bystander. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got that's why they got all the things to watch the planes, and it's entertaining to stand on there on sunset and you just see them. Yeah. Oh, that's no, cool graphics. Oh, that's great underbelly. Yeah. Great underbelly. <laughs> you know, I like what he's putting up there. I can I I say yeah. the same thing. And so, you know, to his bystander, and now, you know, we live on the south end of town. I. You're lucky to see like one plane. A, I only see like a couple planes a day. Maybe. Yeah, our house, our house is on the downwind path, which is they're they're going parallel to the runway, the opposite right. way to turn and land. Ours is on the downwind path from all the south arrivals from California, Mexico, all that other stuff. And I mean, we would see on a normal day in the middle of the day during maybe the rush hour flying two every minute. Maybe you know, mm-hmm. like I mean, it was it was a lot. And, yeah, I, yeah. and I've sat out there quite a bit recently and like made note and sat there and even started my walk. I mean, there was one that went 15 minutes. 
it's it's shocking. Well, and so the, I think there was an article last week about there was an airline that was jam packed, like they filled every seat, and I didn't read the whole whole article because, it, but it did have a picture. But I don't. Once again, I don't know if the picture was factual, and and so, like, what what do you predict or what do you see like into the future or because I think that would be a great predictor like our lifeline I'm I'm worried obviously if there's no international flights in how much of our clientele came internationally how much is it domestic you know we talk about Adam going on a cruise and I went a cruise uh, a few months before he did that's a long that's that's a long trek it's all flying across you know across the country without you know airlines for most you know, tourist-based, it is a lifeline of tourism, globally, oh, yeah. Absolutely. hands down. I mean, you talked about it. We always want to go places. More people want to fly to Vegas than drive to Vegas. Absolutely. Yeah. It's and easier. So how, yeah. how do we recuperate from that? How do we, or like, what do you envision us moving forward? Like, what, what do you think is going to be different? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I think we're still trying to discover the new normal in the industry right now as far as passenger safety and, uh, Mac, you know, mixing that with profitability. That, that, yeah. That's going to take a long, a lot longer, I think, to figure out and really define. But I think most airlines, if not all of them, are doing their best when it comes to finding out what that new normal is. So there's airlines out there that are reducing capacity totals on their aircraft um, to 60%. So they won't sell over 60%, leaving 40% of the aircraft open to allow more people to be comfortable. Everyone's pretty familiar with leaving the center aisle open. But uh, you know, those are some of the measures. Being yeah, taken. but flights are cheap right now. Know, so like we are yeah. literally looking at going to Hawaii because we could fly the whole family there for like fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, but my wife brought her your first place. meal in Hawaii is going to be fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. Well, <laughs> she brought up the other point. She's like, okay, if we get there, what do you do? because yeah. everything's <laughs> closed. Right? Everything's closed. Yeah. So and so, you know, but I'm like, well, at least. The kids got to go to Hawaii, you know, right. stick there. Yeah. Shake it off the old Look box. out the window, kids. We got a 20-minute layover. We're going back home. Yeah. But, uh, like, um, I I heard the story. I forgot the guy's name. I'm trying to think of his name, but he started JetBlue. Oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Uh, I forgot his name. But one of the things he did, and I think a lot of businesses, they react to these kind of things. Right after 9-11, he was one of the first ones that started putting bulletproof tours on his cockpit. Yeah. So this is days after an event yeah. that really didn't involve his airline, but knowing that it's going to involve his industry, he starts making those measures to make it safer and better for not just his pilots, but for his passengers. And and I thought that, you know, I'm sure that the airlines are work is working tire, tirelessly, man, I can't talk, on ways to make it sanitize cleaner oh, safer absolutely. for the passengers or at least the passengers to feel safe so they're, they're they don't feel overcrowded uh working on all kinds of different things that they can do because when a disaster happens like this just like in 9-11 you react you mm -hmm. bounce back you you kind of think outside of the box and i'm sure that guy i don't really wish we would sound so smart if we would say yeah, I don't even now. know his name, but we talk about Jet him in the industry all the time. But, yeah, yeah. But, but he changed that, and I'm sure all the airlines started putting bulletproof type doors or special locks on on uh, yeah all the doors, doors. yeah yeah and and you know it changed the industry, yeah. so we were able to roll back. You know, we're we're able to to react to that, and I think that's going to happen across the board, you know, with, yeah. with all kinds of industries. I'm dying for the gym to open up. Oh, yeah. But I've heard that they're working on moving equipment around because one of their proposals is obviously 
the distancing. So they have to like space out tread machines and yeah. all, all the weights machines and stuff. And they got to, you know, spread them out a little bit more. So they're removing stuff and adding stuff and doing all this stuff, to, you know, to make it safe. I'm sure the airlines are doing the Absolutely. Exact same thing. I, I've, I've got a, in my personal opinion, one of the safest places you can, cleanest places you can be right now is an airplane based on just having seen it prior and seeing it now. The, the the precautions and steps that they're taking to clean these aircraft are amazing. They have oh, these yeah. they, they have these um, backpacks they wear with these like fog we call them fog guns or fog machines, and it, it it's like a static fog. I, I wish I knew more about it or prepared more about that. But they literally go around the I mean every, after every flight, go around the aircraft, seats, trade tables, everything, ceiling down to the floor. And it kills everything. Everything kills everything. Wow. Yeah. Well, why, why aren't everything. there more videos like that? I, I would think that that would be you know, great PR. I know, and, but there are some airlines actually pushing that on PR. I get an email that says, yeah. hey, we're like sanitizing. We've got new HEPA filters. But I think that type of communication would be even better yeah. to build confidence. It's and, out there. I'm pretty sure it's mainstream now. And you're right. Uh, I think they should do a better job at that. I've, I've, I've actually mentioned that multiple times. They're like, oh, man. They j-. And then after I mentioned it, I've seen videos on it okay. as well. But it does need to be more, I think, a, a national commercial showing yeah. that process. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I totally agree. But, yeah, the cleaning is – I've yeah, I don't know. I've been in the industry for a long, long time. But mm-hmm. I, I, I've never seen it like this. And I think that is part of the new norm th- good, which is I, – I, I welcome that. And, and hopefully it can instill some more confidence in our customers. So. Uh, a couple of years ago, my wife and I went out to the Outer Banks. And I went through the museum at the Wright Brothers because mm-hmm. that's where that first flight took yeah. off. And the one thing that I was amazed by that is I'm standing up on their memorial. Have you ever been there? You know, I haven't. As no. a pilot, you've never been I there? I know, I know. It's a fantastic place, no, dude. It's the Holy Grail. Dude, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I'm up there, and what was amazing is the, the two Wright brothers lived to World War II. And it's a, and so that, flying makes you your increases no. your longevity. So you're saying no. What oh. I'm saying is that you're looking at an industry that has changed dramatically oh, yeah. in a short amount of time. Yeah. So the guys who did the first flight watched the atomic bomb drop. Mm-hmm. To to me that that is fascinating. They saw paper. I, not, they it's didn't like paper, use paper, mache, but, but you know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, that, cloth. That, yeah. yeah, that first cloth-winged airplane that they laid on with one little wooden stick to these planes flying halfway across the world, P-90s. ending a war. I mean, yeah. to me, that's fascinating. And so since then, from the birth to now, you're looking at an industry that has tr- dramatically changed and have rolled with the ties of technology, <laughs> with with problems all kinds of stuff and and, and to me it too. is it, yeah. it, it yeah. is the safest way to travel i i would honestly totally agree i i i know i'm a pilot and i'm biased and i'm on one side of this and i want to see passengers come back i want to see our customers come back and we want to instill faith in them but i i i don't see a world in which we just all of a sudden give up on this on this yeah. mode of tra- transportation i i don't and and i and can never see that happen I, I, and we're in a you know We've taken a hit, and it's still kind of everything's still kind of fresh and raw right now. We're still kind of coming out of that new norm. But if you look at the TSA website, they 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 show the numbers of people that they screen every day, and it's already on the uptick. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I I think I want to cautiously, optimistically say that we've seen the bottom at this point, and I think we're on our way back up. So I I, I have a lot of hope and and 
you know, pride in everyone, even that flies before this. But when I, when I go and I fly now, I, I thank them more than I ever have in my life. And just the trust and the faith that they put in us, not just as carrying them from one place to another safely, but mm-hmm. this, you know, it's, I get it. It would be worrisome for some people. My wife's pregnant. She doesn't want to do certain things because of this. It's gotten to her. So I get that. So I, I really do appreciate everyone that's willing to take that step. And I want to ensure anyone that, you know, airlines really are doing everything they possibly can. I, I can firsthand knowledge see that. So fantastic. Yeah. So let's go back to some fun stories. Yeah, let's do it. Have you ever done a crab landing? Oh yeah. You have to train that. Absolutely. Oh, you do train it. Yeah. Where, do you, where do you do that at? A crab landing, like a crosswind landing. Yeah. Yeah. You have to do it in your uh, I mean, as a private pilot and when you're getting all your licenses and ratings, uh, you have to do, you just have to find the right conditions and the right day. So I sat in the back of a plane in the window seat in midway landing in midway. I love midway. Yeah. I, I, I don't because <laughs> when I was coming in, I was looking out the back window of the plane down the runway yeah. and I feel like I shouldn't have that view sitting in the back of a plane well there you go well we're tested we're tested extremely hard on that stuff <laughs> but, so. but what was amazing is he's coming in and in my mind i'm picturing the plane like this it probably wasn't it was more like that yeah but he comes in and he's still right at the bottom just yeah. just probably around lay, lays it right yeah, down. around 50 yeah. feet kick it out and slide it in so yeah it's it's it's, uh, it's something we train especially in the in the professional world with these big simulators i spoke about i mean we trained a we trained to win stuff that we the, the plane is goes above the plane's requirement you know or the, oh, yeah. the allow, allotment we just we train above and beyond for that kind of stuff to how to get that so yeah dude that's fantastic yeah I, so I going like back to you know some of the changes you know how we have the door and whatnot and i was just thinking about how the changes like you know thinking about like one of the early commercials you know you see the pilots and they're handing out the the little wings i was thinking mm-hmm. about adam's kids and going oh evan thanks for bringing us to disney world to the best <laughs> love you right and uh i'm thinking yeah i don't think you get to really chit chat with the pilots anymore um you may catch another pilot that was already on the flight mm-hmm. and he's you know he's laying out he's laying over or whatever um, do you miss, do pilots miss that part of the, I of the I sure business? Do. Yeah, I sure do. I love when there's a special moment or a child traveling for the first time or, a, uh, we call it unaccompanied minor when the parents are sending them without themselves and they're mm-hmm. monitored closely by our five tents, all that. And we, we, I take the time to try to make them feel comfortable. I mean, I've had 93 year old, uh, great grandmother that had never flown in her life. Really? Yeah. yeah there's still oh, people, that's, that's you know, you, your reaction. I love that because I still react like that. I'm like, Oh, how, you know, but yeah. it, it happens way more often than you can think. People, people constantly are flying for the first time ever. And they're in their seventies, eighties, nineties. So I definitely miss that. I think we're taking the right precautions to keep people safe and our crew members safe by not introducing any possible infection unnecessarily, if you will. Yeah. But, but yeah, absolutely. I miss that. That's why I became a pilot. Dude, that's neat. Yeah. You, you, have you ever uh, had to haul like any kind of special loads, like uh, organs or, or special people, or special people, or even deceased people? Yeah, yeah, You've we had do. To do yeah, it, it, we uh, yeah we get a manifest when there's something special for, for sure. our cargo, but. Um, yeah, cargo. I mean, we do car, car, no, all the time. Yeah, I, I could. There's just count, every day we have something. I don't know what you would call special, but well, let's go back well, to special so like, people. Then well, I mean, like, I'm sure Adam and I are listed like as veterans. Or, oh, I love that stuff. I'm just Absolutely. going back on on like videos I've seen on Facebook where sometimes airlines you, you're bringing in, 
you know, deceased soldiers that have <laughs> oh, come yeah, back from war yeah. and stuff and the respect that Absolutely. The, the ground crew and the, and the flight people did, you know, and to, to honor them and stuff like, I, I'm just seeing if you had any of those I kind do. of special stories. I do in Tucson. I remember, uh, we were, you know, when these are set up, you're, you know, well ahead before you even get in the airplane most of the time, mm-hmm. as was the case with this, we were flying, um, oh. a soldier. For, Oh. oh, now now it's recording? Yeah, messed it up. That was the oh, first man. one. The webcam's going to be here on Friday. Oh, that's good. So. All right. Anyways, we uh, were taking a soldier's remains back, a uh, short flight from L.A. to Tucson. And Tucson is a very military big town. They got that huge base there. They're like, if I, Don't quote me on this, but I want to say it's the biggest F-16 training base in the world, all mm-hmm. this other stuff. So they have a very big military presence there. And absolutely, it was it was uh, very memorable. We landed. They gave the water can salute. And actually, I was a I used to be a ground uh, ground handler for a major airline as well back mm-hmm. after high school, and I participated in that the uh, honor guard, if you will. Okay. Uh, and I've got, been able to witness that as well. It's yeah, uh, as as each veteran deserves that gave their life for this country. I mean, it's they are done with the utmost respect. So. Dude, that's neat. Yeah. I, I I always like seeing those kind of oh, it's cool. You know, special moments or or bringing even families together. I mean, I bet there's thousands of stories of neat reunions you can see. You oh, know, yeah. you you walk off the tarmac and you see these families that have been reunited yeah. in a long time, and you played a small part in that. Yeah, you know, that's and then, really cool. That's always fascinating to me. That's really cool. Well, you know, we appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm grateful that you answered this, the questions that we had, you know, and, and for all those young kids out there. Yeah, you know? so we'll, we'll include some of the links. So you yeah. have access to a flight school. I think that was a great, those are great questions because I think right now, uh, I think, uh, I hope everyone felt the hope. I felt like you had a lot more hope and light, Evan, to, because I think you're at the forefront of the recovery, like your your industry is. And, you know, I look forward to hearing more from pilots and from the airline industry going, hey, this is what we need to do to to be better, to be more active. And I like what you said too, Adam, where you said, hey, you know what, the, the airline industry has always been adapting and progressing. And, and so that's what's, you know, it'll be great to see what they come out with because just thinking about, okay, how do they calm our fears, right? And sometimes, in a way, they're like our counselor. I'm just thinking, I don't know if I want to fly because everyone's thinking, I don't want to be trapped in that tin can. I'm going to be, get, you know, breathing all the same air. And that's what everyone's afraid of. Oh, I don't want to, you know, someone's going to be sick there. But realistically is, you know, what, what I heard from you, Evan, was, hey, you know what? They are taking like, you, you talked about the fog machine. I had no idea. I had no idea that was there. I'm like, yeah. I want to see this thing in action. Yeah, I, I might want to take this thing for a test drive. <laughs> you may need one here in the office. That's yeah. it, especially here leave. in the studio. Yeah. <laughs> but but anyways, yeah, we appreciate it. And and for all those young people, man, chase your dreams. Absolutely, you know, don't give up. Be, yeah, become a pilot or get in the industry. It's it's all. I I agree with you. It's always going to be a thriving industry. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. We appreciate it. And always, anyone out there, please uh, hit that subscribe button on iTunes. We appreciate you listening to the show. And like always, leave a comment. The more comments you leave, the more the show grows and we get more listeners and the show gets out there. And if you feel uncomfortable about leaving a comment, I mean, sometimes I do, uh, hit, hit a link, copy the link on your phone and send it as a text message. Tell someone about the show. We have a lot of information. We interview all kinds of wonderful people like Evan here and 
and we're going to have a lot more. So tell someone about it. Word of mouth is huge when it comes to uh, growing the show. And as the show grows, we get more people on here. So we appreciate all you for listening and please share us. Yeah. And if you want to reach out to Evan, if you want to think about a career in, in the airline industry and you have questions, it was great to hear that he started at the bottom or worked his way to the top. And, uh, and, and that's, what's great about the airline industry too, is you can actually literally, you know, literally, you know, you know, fly, you know, fly as high as you want. So, yeah, I started at the very bottom loading bags and throwing them and sweating my head off and just, it was hard, rough work, but I like this. I love this career because you can do that. Just exactly that. You can really start from the bottom and go up. So awesome. Well, thanks for listening. All right. We'll see you soon.